The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. On June 25th, 2010, uh, Caritas of Birmingham released the latest book by a friend of Medjugorje called It Ain't Gonna Happen. And the shockwaves that that book has sent throughout the entire movement and actually throughout the whole world uh, has forever changed the movement. It's changed the way people think. And a friend of Medjugorje now is, uh, for those of you who have been following it on Medjugorje.com, a friend of Medjugorje now is in California giving a series of talks uh, centered around It Ain't Gonna Happen, the messages of Our Lady, and how to be more secure uh, with Our Lady. And so for today's broadcast, the friend of Medjugorje is joining us uh, from California. And so now your host, a friend of Medjugorje. I'm glad to be on and be able to reach people uh, anywhere I am because of what God's invented and created himself, which is being able to talk to people from any place the way we do, whereas in ancient times you had a little crowd that you had to speak to and what levels your voice could reach is what you reached. So we live in a, a, a wondrous time, but a, a sad time because we don't give credit to God. And so uh, we're here today because of Him and what He's put into nature and creation. 
should be thankful for that. So, Joan, I guess you're in the studio, too, huh? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. So I'm out of the pocket a little bit, so y'all want to carry this where you want it to go? Okay. I'll I'll start up here um, just because with the talks going on in California, there's a lot of interest to have you come and speak about It Ain't Gonna Happen, um, as well as just what's going on with Medjugorje. But um, with your last couple of books... Uh, Look What Happened While You're Sleeping, It Ain't Gonna Happen. These books have really crossed over into new areas or new people who aren't necessarily plugged into the Medjugorje movement. But because of the situation in the world that they find themselves in, everybody's asking these questions, regardless if you are a believer or even non-believers. And so uh, we're getting questions a lot about where, where is a friend of Medjugorje getting his stuff? What is it that um, gives him this knowledge? You know, he has, is he plugged into the major talk show hosts that are saying similar things today, that kind of thing. And so, especially for those who may not have the um, background with this mission, I've been with the mission for 20 years now, and I'm one of the ones that type up a friend of Medjugorje's uh, writings and things, but... Things that you hear him speak about, and again, if you've been on the mailing list for years, you're going to know what I'm saying is true. A friend of Medjugorje has been saying for years, this is philosophies that have been in living in his life, even before Medjugorje, because of his calling in his life. He has um, God spoken and, and, and developed philosophies that already are, were in line with the message before uh, he became involved with Medjugorje himself. So this is, these are lifelong kinds of philosophies that are coming to fruition in this time in which he predicted much of what we're already seeing now. And uh, it didn't have a lot of interest to people because they couldn't see where the world was heading. But now it's in, it's in our faces, so to speak. And uh, so he, I'm sure you're sitting there listening to me say, say these things, but... Um, this is rooted in the message. This is rooted to Our Lady. She's the one that's bringing forth this knowledge in the world. It's been incubated in her own children that she has been um, leading through her messages. And uh, in our perspective, from seeing 25 years of fruit from this mission through the writings of a friend of Medjugorje, a friend of Medjugorje has uh, special insights through the Holy Spirit, through Our Lady, through her messages that are bringing forth this this information. And just like a pebble, when it's thrown into a pond, it takes some time for the ripple effect to go out into the world. Uh, but the source of those ripples is the stone that was initially thrown. And um, eventually it reaches the whole pond, but it's hard to originate where those ripples are came from in the first place. And we do see and we do believe that um, a lot of what you are hearing perhaps in the in the secular news now or with other talk show hosts and things like that that are saying the same things, it came from the initial um, pebble from the that was thrown in there, which is through the message of Our Lady and through much of what uh, a friend of Medjugorje has been writing for years. So can I, can I interject something there? Um, it just makes sense, folks, uh, that if Our Lady said that she came with the plan uh, for the salvation of mankind, and 
a friend of Medjugorje just wrote in the recent writing that was published on Medjugorje.com, What Will Your Future Be Like? He quotes the prophet Amos, and it says, Surely the Lord will reveal his plan uh, to his servants, the prophets. And so it would only make sense that the people who are closest to that plan, which is the plan Our Lady is delivering to the world, would be the first people to speak that. And uh, so uh, the same God is speaking to everyone. So much of what you're hearing from a lot of these major um, talk show hosts that are nationwide and throughout the world, uh, the same God is speaking to them as well. But uh, it makes sense, though, that uh, if the plan today is through Our Lady, then sur- uh, surely the servants of Our Lady would be the first uh, to, uh, that, for that to be revealed to. So um, that's just leading me into what I uh, am going to read this morning for um, a friend of Medjugorje to comment on. It comes from um, a new book that Glenn Beck wrote called Broke, and, uh, which is just out. Um, but um, it talks about, again, the, the importance of not having debt and what, what a friend of Medjugorje has been speaking on for the past two years through Medjugorje and certainly over the years, um, much that he has said about this. But it's called The Road to Serfdom. And he says, there's another consequence of debt that doesn't get talked about much these days, but that Jefferson understood well. Debt forces people to work longer hours to pay it off through taxation. That means less time with one's family, less time to enjoy one's personal freedoms, less time to powder one's wig. You know, the fun stuff. Here are Jefferson's own words. We must make our choice between economy and liberty or confusion and servitude. If we run into such debts, we must be taxed in our meat and drink, in our necessities and comforts in our labor, and in our amusements, if we can prevent the government from wasting the labor of the people under the pretense of caring for them, they will be happy. End of quote. What's fascinating is that even though Thomas Jefferson himself died cashless under loads of personal debt, he still understood that taking other people's money and blowing it on frivolous junk was immoral. It broke the public trust It poisoned the tree of liberty, and he knew from his own personal spending habits that trusting politicians with other people's money through taxes was foolish. Jefferson's view was extremely libertarian. Look, if I want to build a swank mansion with a sweet dome at Monticello with my own dough and roll my own financial dice, so be it. But I'm not going to swipe your wallet to fund my pet political projects. That's theft. That's wrong. Ah, financial stewardship. What a novel and bizarre concept. James Madison, author of the Constitution, also understood the serious long-term problems debt could pose for the new nation. He expressed two major concerns. First, that Americans would not stand for taxes being collected simply to pay for interest on debt instead of actual government services. And second... That, in, that interest payments on debt would show the world we were a creditworthy nation. Why did that worry him? Because Madison worried that once foreign powers knew our payments could be counted on, they'd gobble up our debt and thereby pretty generally buy out the Americans. If Madison could only see us now. Well, this uh, is very involved in what's 
what's written there and it's all true. Uh, the loss of liberty is a result of, of us being frivolous. Frivolous leads to idleness. Idleness leads to sin. The, the nuns always told me in grammar school, if we were standing out the window, you'd, you'd some tap on your desk. Idleness is the devil's workshop. And we've got an idle society who's immersed in, in things that's busy, but it's entertainment. It's being, uh, they don't know how to do something and produce, and it's meaningless. Life don't have any meaning. We get up in community in the morning, we have purpose and meaning in our life. Uh, it's, it's meaningful, and we're seeing that. And yes, this was being said 25 and even 30 years ago, even 35 years ago I was living in. The messages came along, and it was just a fit for me. And a lot of it came from our formation. A lot of it came from prayer. A lot of it came from what our parents taught. And so, you know, don't don't put your children in a valueless system like, well, you got to decide what you want. You form what they want. You teach them what they need to want. Because if they don't, society will. Neutrality is very, very dangerous. Uh, we visited Reagan's library yesterday, and there we're putting all these Christmas trees up, and they're doing a Christmas America. They had 25 Christmas trees, and beautiful beautiful thing, a beautiful place to visit. But I wanted to go there to edu- educate myself because, of course, he stood for a lot of things that, that's in tune with the lady. This man was in tune with the lady before she even ever came. And she came at his presidency when he started, along with John Paul. When his reign started, they both were shot. It said, look what happened when he was sleeping. There's very big connection. P.O. Loggy, the pronuncio of the United States of America, was sneaking into the White House. John Paul and Reagan brought down communism. So he had the spirit of the message in him, even though he never physically heard it. But here it is in their, their, his, his, his uh, presidential library in the host grounds. They're doing this Christmas thing, and, and I, didn't see, I didn't see no manger. And I went up to ask the guy, I said, where, where is your manger? I wasn't smart aleck, and I wasn't being uh, with anger. I was like Isaiah says, come reason with me, says the Lord. And I asked him, where, where is your manger? He said, well, we... we you know, we're a public place. I said, but you're not funded by the government. He said, well, we're public. I said, well, that don't stop you from putting up a manger scene. You can put it up on public property, even government property. You can't be stopped from that. That's that's, that's been held up in the courts. And then a lady was doing some of the decorations. It's a pretty big job. There's a lot of people. She said, well, we're putting up three kings. I said, well, for what? And what is the three kings? What did they come to? And And then he said... To the effect, well, you know, you know, we don't have morale. We're not putting up, you know, we got Hanukkah. I said, Hanukkah's Hanukkah. You're putting up Christmas trees. What are you putting up Christmas trees for? He said, Christmas. But for what? He says, I get your point. I says, Yes, that's the point. You think Ronald Reagan would stand for this? Well, I know he was for this and for God. He said, Well, you make a good argument. I said, Well, bring this to the higher ups. Where is the manger scene? You need to have it. If there's any hope we have is people who stood like Jefferson and the Reagans who stood for liberty, for God. And you're minusing out here what this is about. He said, but you know, we've got to think about the public. And I don't, no, I said, I don't, no, you don't. you got to think about what's true. you got to stand up for truth. And you're putting all this out here. You've got these 25 trees, and you're, you're minusing out the very thing that can save us for what we're all about and what this place is representing. And you're speechless. And, and we'll, have, we'll have more to come after this break. Okay.
If you pray, God will help you to understand the true reason for my coming. With the events of Our Lady's apparitions in Medjugorje, as years pass by and events unfold, we begin to understand the prophetic nature of Our Lady's words and actions. We begin to see the true reason for her coming. Some today would confine Our Lady and her apparitions to a narrow view concerning only religion and think Our Lady does not speak to all the current issues facing the world today, issues like the economy and money and many others. Her apparitions say more than most think. Her true reason for her coming leads us to an extraordinary new life with new understanding about everything on earth. If Our Lady could give you practical advice for your daily life, advice on your investments, job, finances, housing, what would she say? Does Our Lady care about you being able to pay your bills and keep a roof over your head? How would the mother speak? A new book titled, It Ain't Gonna Happen by a Friend of Medjugorje, takes the messages of Our Lady and places them as a template over the issues of the worldwide floundering economy, money and finances, and what is coming our way. What will life be in the future? The earth is about to be rebirthed, while those who will not change, the world will abort. A book that uncovers astounding revelations that will not only be a cause of joy and grave concern, but a motivation to put into action what you will learn. It Ain't Gonna Happen by a Friend of Medjugorje available through Caritas of Birmingham. To order, call Caritas in the U.S. 205-672-2000, 205-672-2000, or visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, and click on Medjmart. It Ain't Gonna Happen by a friend of Medjugorje, available through Caritas of Birmingham. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. To finish this comment about uh, what was just read about Jefferson and Madison, you know, it's, it's um, what, I, what, what I'm, it's been a little bit agonizing through the years speaking about Medjugorje because people didn't get it. They got the prayer, they got the fasting, they got going Holy Mass, they got the, 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 those, those basic things. But they didn't get what was coming, and having the, seen that as a frustration in some ways of people not responding in the, in the right way and ordering their life according to the messages, transforming their the life into the messages, it was just an increase of prayer. But already not coming to the world to just increase prayer and get you praying three hours a day. She's getting to there, you're in a negative, and when you increase fasting, you increase prayer, you get to zero. Once you've got your three hours of prayer, you're nowhere. This is ground zero. It's from there is to transform your life with this prayer and this fasting and this sacrifice and this confession. And from there, you start ordering your life. And people are way late on this. And, and again, I was doing, as Joan said, before Medjugorje. I saw this coming. And, the, and so I want to go from that point to saying now people are, it's very consoling now to, to speak something. My brother was just telling me a story of yesterday uh, passing out metronomic CDs. It was last week. He said, this, this show is incredible. 
And he's talking to somebody at the grocery store. I don't know who it was. He says, you know, the cashier was eavesdropping on him. And he starts telling about it. He said, the guy stops cashier and comes over and talks to him. People are listening now, Bob, because the surroundings are falling apart. And we are going to fall apart. Everything as we know it is not going to stand because it's in a system of what we just heard Joan read. It, it leads to servitude. And people are scared. They know something's got to happen. And they've got to change their life right now. But the answer is not so complex of what was just read. Because, you you know, Jefferson this, Madison this. You know, how do you get out of that what to do? It, God's simple. His solutions are very simple. It's not complex. You just got to start asking yourself, what can I do not to depend on the dollar? Well, maybe I can go to the farmer's market and start canning and stuff. And ask yourself again, every day, all throughout the day, what can I do not to depend on the dollar? Well, maybe I can, I can buy some carpenter tools and salt a dead tree right there on the and and, and uh, you can you don't have to have a sawmill. We, we've taken table saws and salt out of limbs things that we make. You know, you say, well, I don't have time to do that. You got to start thinking out of the box. You got to start thinking different. But the number one thing is, what can I do to get out of debt? I, I was speaking at one of the talks a couple of days ago, and was the guy was locked into his life of the way he did things and couldn't get out of it, and and he's got a very expensive house out here in California, and he and it, by the time they pay their three thousand dollars or whatever it was for, per note, that's around about the price it was, uh, he's got nothing left over. So survive on. I said, dump the house, lose money on it, do, get away from it because that's your own. Your own. You got a noose around your neck, and so we talked for a while and, and started giving him a path that if you start thinking different, you can find a path. You know, prayer will find a solution that has no exit, a way out of every situation that has no exit. These are words from a lady. It's not my opinion. It's an incredible thing. Prayer will find a solution out of situations that have no exit. It's incredible. And we've seen this, and you can do it. So the basic thing that you follow, the principle you follow is, is do not depend on the dollar and get out of debt. And do not go in debt for anything. Tear up your credit cards. Don't use these things. It's one thing for a corporation that you travel for, whatever you use or however you use it. That way it's use them. But you personally do not use that with your funds. And on that note, uh, two days ago, we received a feedback uh, from a listener in uh, Colorado. Actually, um, the letter was to a friend of Medjugorje. And uh, it says here, it says, Hello, I'm writing from uh, Colorado after listening to your last Medjugorje inflation show. And of course, that was the show last week uh, called um, The Great Illusion, The Great Reality, and The Greatest Opportunity in Human History Now. Uh, that's the show that uh, this person is referring to. And so she says here, here is a question or perhaps a request uh, for your next book. Two years ago, my husband and I learned about Medjugorje, and we both helped start rosary prayer groups in our community, which have a devotion to Our Lady of Medjugorje. Our prayer groups, although small, only about 10 people in each group, have grown in preparedness in the past two years. And we can now say that we are more than prayer groups. We are a community. Since we started listening to Medjugorje with you all, uh, we have all started to act. Uh, we are buying silver, converting our suburban land into gardens, and planting fruit trees. We are buying chickens, wood stoves, and beehives. We are storing food and preparing as a community. 
We are breaking up our resources and listing who can share what with whom. And some people are in charge of growing, some are in charge of spirituality, some in charge of baking, etc. So for a group like ours who are in a formation process, we have heard you say that your Caritas community is a model for what is to come. We need more help from you who have done this for 25 years. How could you come up with a, can you come up with a resource uh, giving specifics on how you run your community? How do you share your resources? How do you organize? How do you add members? If you reach more than 150 people, how do you then form a new community? I get the impression that you are not all in close proximity. We have specific questions like how do you figure out who will farm the pigs, who will do the evangelization, who cans the food, how often do you come together, uh, and how do you trade services? So in a nutshell, can you give us those who are forming communities a startup basic structure that works for your Caritas community? I am sure we are not the only ones being led to community by Our Lady, and many could benefit from understanding your model. I know we are being called to this, as Our Lady has given us many projects. We were part of the billboard campaign recently in Denver. We would love more wisdom from you in organizing communities. Thank you, and God bless, from Arvada, Colorado. Well, I think in a nutshell, it's a very difficult thing to say, but it is simple. You, you, uh, where we started, when I started my family, I started uh, the rosary, and I started honoring the apparition time when a lady comes to the earth, because she blesses everybody, the most degraded to the most holiest saint in the world at that moment, in all creation. So you can be on your knees at that time, which is, which is uh, at, at 1040 Central Time. You can work out the times from there for your location. But be on your knees and tailor your whole day. And as people came, we evolved our day around that. We schedule our day. We don't go out shopping. We don't go to the doctor's office. The school lets out. Our whole work stops. Everything we do, we go on knees at that time because the Virgin Mary, the one whose time it is now, the one who has the power of intercession and the Trinity that all the angels together do not have, who penetrates within the Trinity in a way that no being can, is coming to the earth to bless you. Very profound blessing, very profound prayer. And if they're aware of it, you get it. If you're not aware of it, you get it. But if you're aware of it and you're on your knees and you're properly disposed, greater will be the grace. Our Lady once said that even when you're praying for intention, the more prayers, even though it's going to be granted, even though you pray for it, greater will be the grace attached to the intention. Greater will be that apparition moment if you're on your knees. And so, Taylor, that's the first place to start and build community around that time, the sacred moment that the Virgin Mary comes to the earth. And and it begins at that point. Things start falling into place there. And and we we have evolved from that into a, a very powerful group of people, uh, very influential in the Medjugorje movement. Uh, what we do, people people do in their cell houses, they do that. And I've started writing not just about the prayer, but the issues of life and placing the message over those issues of life, as I've said years ago, as a template. And so it's just bringing to the back door, and that's one reason I, I, I thought of doing some of these things, is to bring Ali through the back door. Because people now are all scared about their finances. People are cashing in on 401ks left and right because they see what we say, see what's in it going to happen, and they're acting on it. I think that's beautiful. Dump the system. Get out of it. Pay the penalty. And hold on to what little you do have that's left over because you're going to lose all of it if you stay with it. So people are doing that. And they're doing that because we came to start addressing our life's issues and matching all these messages over there. And that's truth. 
And people hear it, and they feel that truth. I just wanted to interject something here, um, because there are a lot of people that are seeing the value and the need for community, but still they're at this point, well, how is that going to happen for me? And I read something, uh, actually in a craft book, uh, looking through some things for Christmas. There was a story of a a woman that was just writing an experience that she had and had nothing to do with really building community or anything that we're talking about, but... She had a neighbor that uh, they were they were pouring cement for a driveway, and as this was happening, many of the neighbors were coming out just to watch. Kids, you know, stopping their bicycles and or playing basketball, whatever. And everybody was just kind of watching. Well, the dad of the the house where the cement was being poured suddenly just started grabbing shovels and and giving them out to this to his uh, neighbors and everybody in the whole neighborhood ended up involved in this activity. And they just spent the whole afternoon together doing this. Well, a week later, another family in the, in the neighborhood was re- painting their house. And so the neighbors started drifting over to that family's house and started pitching in and, and it became a community event of painting the house. And now this evolved that every time there there is a project that one of the neighbors is doing, the whole neighborhood gets involved. And, and really what they formed was community. And they said, you know, the, the, the reason they're doing it is because it takes so little time to do something now because everybody's involved in it. And uh, this to me is a was like a Holy Spirit moment that... Just getting yourself involved in something, if you see it making it visible, um, other people, just as you were saying, your brother was, was saying how the cashier got involved in the conversation because everybody has these questions. If they see, you know, if you just take the, the initiative to start doing something in regards to getting out of debt or gardening or something, you're going to attract the attention of other people that have the same thoughts. They just don't know what to do with those thoughts yet. Well, I think our, our work, Harvard did a 40-year study of the happiest people. It was those who learned when they, how to work when they were youth. We, we have five days we say as adults that we work for God in our community, and one day we work for ourselves on Saturday. We have incredible Saturday work days. The kids love these days. Uh, you know, unless we've gone all week, we've had to work. They maybe a little bit tired, but generally our Saturday work day is a joyful day. We work together. There's something comes from that, especially when you're community working for the same effort. And we can do work that will on one Saturday that we will be benefiting from 25, 30, 50 years, even the, the kids in that third generation. We may be building a lake. We may be doing something like that. But that benefit, that water, whatever it is, is not for a wage. It's for a way. That's a big difference. Wages and a way are two different things. Wages you expend as soon as you get it. You go to the car, you put gas in it. A way is, like I said before, dig up one stump on your little homestead in that 10 by 10 area for gardening area. You'll be using or extending your garden or your land or your pastures. You'll be benefiting the rest of your life. So what do you want to be working for? A wage or a way? A way of life is different. The kids will say invariably, uh, after we've gone through a long stint of work, say five, six days, like we just did a couple weeks ago, canning tomatoes, uh, they'll they'll realize we're not doing that anymore. And the first things that I'm talking about, the three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old will, will say, uh, are we eating together today? And when we say no, we're going to be eating at home because we've got that, what we had to eat together, a necessity because we're working together so much. And they start crying. 
It's the only time they cry. We're not eating together today. It's, you know, it's like a horror thing. I mean, they, kids love community, but kids love adults to be there while they're playing. And it's uh, all involved life from, from the age to the, to the, to the babes. And, it, and, it's, and it's people need that, and they don't have it today. And so in reference to this letter from Colorado, I, I think we're, we've wanted to do it for several years, probably this spring, and we can probably start getting it together. We'll do some kind of retreat where people can come. They want to build communities, bring everybody from all the way to Colorado there, and we'll go through our whole behind-the-scenes of how we built what we built. It will inspire people. People will come from our vendors selling us paper for a print shop or something for our shipping department or the contractors. They're all greatly moved by this. They say, man, y'all, y'all, this is it. This is the way to live. So I know we're out of time. I don't know if there's anything y'all need to add, Riaz or, or Joan. One thing uh, just to add to uh, those last comments there is uh, what what sets the Caritas community apart as um, the distinction between being a neighborhood and being a community is that common bond of Our Lady, and uh, that began, of course, like we said earlier in the show, uh, when a friend of Medjugorje made the changes in his life that were coupled with what he had already felt in his heart. Uh, this way began to be formed, and so. This this way of life is something that you know. Again, it can't be explained in a thirty minute show, uh, but something that you that is a you really need to do um, is uh, you really need to look at the Caritas extended community. Uh, this is something you can get in touch with Caritas and ask about ask for information about the extended community uh, because this is this is what will help make the distinction between whether or not you are a neighborhood or whether or not you're a community. And, uh, and again, that common bond is Our Lady, and uh, we look forward to um, the time in the spring when we'll be able to share this with you in a fuller way. And, and if uh, you can't wait until then, you could always invite a friend of Medjugorje to come and speak in your area or to come and give you a, a, a day or two retreat just specifically about community. So We, uh, can't, you know, we can't go everywhere, but we'll try. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, it was so, so busy, so I don't want to think we can go. But, but uh, you know, you make that request, and if we can, just like California, I was able to I had a little, after through writing, what would your future be like? I had some free time to do this, and so, you know, we'll work it out according to that. I'd like to add that about the extended community. There's four levels in extended community, and when Our Lady blesses us, and that happens when we're with Maria, you extend, you're extended that. And uh, we don't talk a lot about extended community members, but uh, this whole Colorado group, that's exactly what they need to do. That's where you start. And then you're extended from that and, and receive the blessing. And, and another thing, you don't run a community by a committee. It won't want to work. It will not work. And we've got this whole committee association uh, uh, mentality, and it's what's destructive. It mediocrizes everything. It neutralizes everything. You've got to have strong leadership. You've got to be united around a central uh, way, and that's our latest messages. And then you've got to be defined. You've got to be very definitive in that. But that's too much detail to get into. That's what we'll do in a treat maybe this spring. But meanwhile... Unless says, Joan, you got anything else? No, nope, that's all for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, until next time, we, uh, we'll be thinking about you, praying, pray for those we'll be talking to in the next days, and we wish you our leave. We love you. Goodbye.
The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.